Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week's movies are Slugs and Frogs. Extra butter and extra salt will be available at the popcorn station. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Is that a weird dream earlier this week? Right. It's, uh, I don't remember <laughs> what the actual dream was about, but in the dream, I had a tattoo of Jack Burton and Snake Plissken. Like standing back to back. All right. And I've spent all week thinking maybe that's a great idea for a tattoo. I was I was getting ready to say, so you had a dream that you were cool? I know. <laughs> more and more I think about it, I'm just like, that should be a real tattoo that I should get. It doesn't seem like that bad an idea to me. I know. Like you'd get a giant on your back, right? <laughs> Uh, that might be a little overkill, but maybe. I just assumed, yeah, like, whatever you call, like, half of a back would be one, <laughs> one of each guy on your, like, shoulder blades or whatever. Both got their arms crossed, leaning back to back. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty close to what it was. I think that each one of them had a gun they were holding. Okay. So, it's not far off. I actually think I found a, a picture from one of the comic books that may be pretty close to what uh, to what it looked like. All right. So I may well, have to make this happen. Yeah. And then I started wondering if I just do a whole sleeve of just Kurt Russell movies, if that would be weird. Well, I think it would be overkill once you've got those two guys on your back. I think it would be <laughs> weird. I think it would also be awesome. Just a whole sleeve of Kurt Russell movies? That's what I'm talking about. Like, the top starts with, like, Snake Plissken and Jack Burton. And then, like, further down is him jumping off a boat from overboard. You'd have, like, Starman kind of under your armpit where nobody would see it. He's not in Starman. Isn't he? Jesus. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Who am I thinking of? Jeff Bridges? I don't know. That can't be right. See... He's the Starman and Starman. Yeah. I'm thinking of something else. What am I thinking of? The thing? Words, words no words. <laughs> the, thing, the thing is a lot like Starman when you think about it. <laughs> I'm telling you that it is the appropriate way to handle this is very clear. It's this giant tattoo on your back of these two guys standing back to back. I think arms crossed. I'm not going to argue with you about the guns. That's your call. And then <laughs> extended from that, though, one arm is all your Kurt Russell movies. The other arm is just your John Carpenter movies. So it's kind uh, of a melding in the back there. Gotcha. 
posted a picture in the in the uh, Facebook chat of the, sort of the somewhat close approximation of what the dream tattoo was. So if you're yeah. not here next week, we know what you're busy doing. Now, would it be weirder if the sleeve of Kurt Russell movies was just his Disney stuff? Again, you have two arms. I don't know why you're <laughs> acting like you have to decide. Uh, hmm. You might want to, like, in order to be family friendly, you keep the Disney stuff where it's plainly visible and the you know, darker stuff. That's obvious. Him blowing up the thing. Yeah, like that's something that you got to be able to cover up with a collared shirt. I think. Because <laughs> I feel like okay, the the snake and Jack Burton back to back. That's good. The one from the thing has to be him doing the blood test. I mean, that's just that makes sense. It's obvious. Or just him holding a flamethrower. Yeah, that's good too. Again, you have two arms. I don't know why we're. <laughs> Lots of room in your body that you can tattoo with this shit. If if you guys want to know how weird my brain is sometimes, mm-hmm. I think somehow I'm combining Starman and Soldier in my head. Good <laughs> lord, sir. Those are, two, those are two very disparate movies. Yes, they are. <laughs> For some reason in my brain, it's like, no, those are similar. No. <laughs> <laughs> You got to start doing fewer drugs before we record. I think that's the key. <laughs> Stone sober. Or more drugs, depending, depending yeah. on Yeah. If this is you sober, then go with the more drugs option, I guess. I don't know. More drugs, sir. <laughs> I'm sure Shara will be happy. Bring me, bring me the drugs. Like, but they said I had to take more drugs for the podcast. <laughs> she I had comes to. in and you just got, got the microphone all set up and you got one of those rubber bands around your arm and you're patting it looking for <laughs> they said to it's for the podcast I swear <laughs> this is a bit I'm doing my Hunter S. Thompson impression little candle going with a spoon over top <laughs> so what would be some other good Kurt Russell movies to add to this tattoo sleeve all the Kurt Russell movies well I know but give me specific just, like poses and stuff just do get the the current Kurt Russell mustache that he wears in every movie. And you just want to put that right on your face, right where your mustache would go if you ever do. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's key. So you could have his character from Bone Tomahawk kind of like slumped and bleeding to death, like in front of Jack Burton. <laughs> <laughs> Should I go with the obscure, like Kurt Russell is the therapist from Vanilla Sky somewhere? Makes sense. How are you going to fit his character? What was the... No, I forget the name of the movie off the top of my head. What was the one that had like him and Steven Seagal in it and they were on a plane somehow? Oh, Executive Decision? Yeah. You're going to have yeah. to figure out how to get his character from that in it because he had that... <laughs> that sweet, movie was like, real? 90s hair. <laughs> yes. I've always thought that was just a horrible fever dream I had. No, it's good because Steven Seagal actually dies towards the beginning of the movie. And then it's left for Kurt Russell to make the executive decision as it were <laughs> I think I, all I saw of that movie was to the part where Steven Seagal dies and I'm like oh it's going to be all downhill from here I better just turn it off <laughs> who's who's going to be left to throw slow punches <laughs> now none uh, of the heroes even have ponytails what's the point 
I think fans need to, uh, you guys need to write in and tell me what Kurt Russell character I should be adding to this tattoo sleeve. Or or uh, send us in a voice conversation of us so that we can not edit it into next week's show. That was an April Fool's joke, and it was hilarious. <sighs> Eric finally finds a way to get his emails through to the main inbox instead of being sent to the trash folder. <laughs> he finally attached that little thumb drive to the leg of a pigeon and sent it off. And I still forgot to put it there. Ugh. Or, I mean, did it on purpose as an April Fool's joke. Yeah. Because it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. All right. So what movies are we doing this week? We're doing some sort of nature nature attacks motif. Uh, slam dunk Ernest and... <laughs> <laughs> This is, this is why you're not allowed to pick. <laughs> Ernest goes to Africa. See, it's, it's what I'm talking about. Nature attacks. Listen, we're doing a movie called Frogs that questionably involves frogs. <laughs> well, and a movie called Slugs that most certainly involves slugs. <laughs> yeah, so it's like kind of like not just when nature attacks, but when nature sends its slimy, gross things that only a Frenchman would eat to attack. Mm, frog legs. So, Noah, over chat when I said that if I didn't watch this movie at work, I would have found it kind of boring. You seem to add a gif that would insinuate that maybe you enjoyed it and are worried that we're going to yell at you. No. No. <laughs> that, that was a gift implying that I know it's severely boring and I just didn't bother to warn you guys about that. <laughs> well, then as your punishment, why don't you tell us what Frogs is all about? Okay. Uh, Frogs is about a rich old angry man who's planning his birthday party and just wants these sons of bitchin' kids to behave. <laughs> uh, while this is all going on, there is a nature photographer who is uh, trying to expose all of the filth and grossness that has infested this swamp. Played by a non-mustache uh, Sam Elliott. Yeah, it's weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> One of the most disappointing things in my life was when I realized that was Sam Elliott. And I'm like, oh, where's his mustache? And the other question is, why isn't his voice the same? Why doesn't he have the deep, rumbly Sam Elliott voice? I don't know. Oh, that's, that's the Al Pacino question. What happens to some people's voices when they get older? They just get way deeper like that. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, but, so... He is overly concerned about continually finding dead bodies and trying to wreck this guy's birthday party. Not, not cool, bro. And all the uh, all the old guy wants to do is use poison to kill all of the wildlife. Yeah, not not just the frogs. Not just the frogs. Everything. Every, everything. He wants it. it to, he wants the, that stuff to die. The primary argument is that the frogs are pretty loud. And it's kind of annoying. So let's put some poison out there to kill the frogs, but if it happens to kill absolutely everything, that's fine. Uh, I also learned an impressive lesson that much like in cartoons, when things die, they always end up face up on the ground. I don't, I don't know why they all go belly up, but apparently that's a real thing. That is 
so far from the level of nitpicking that this film deserves. We got way higher level stuff to discuss. Like, why are all these animals on this same island that I think is supposed to be in Florida-ish? But in the, the the south, yeah, you know the south, right? The southern United States that has lizards and tarantulas and alligators and bullfrogs and rattlesnakes and 12 other varieties of snakes all living on the same island. Uh, I would say alligator rattlesnakes, uh, not tarantulas, but wolf spiders, which are basically tarantulas. Rattlesnakes in the the swamp? I don't know. Down in the, yeah, down south. Uh, I feel like these are desert snakes. You'd probably be more likely to come across like a timber rattler than a uh, diamondback, which is what I think they had in there, but... Alright, well, there was also a scorpion, which I'm reasonably confident live in the desert, according to other movies I've seen, so... I think that's accurate. Yeah, if the Scorpion King taught me anything, they live in a very dry, arid region. And they look freakishly like The Rock. Yeah. Weird. Well, I mean, sort of like The Rock, more like a bad CG version of The Rock, but... It's weird guys, that nature would do that. Don't say negative shit about the rock. Eric's gonna call back in again. <laughs> uh, oh, oh yeah. And did I mention that the last uh, fifteen minutes of the movie is kind of a horror movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in which I have to get you guys' opinion because this is the real reason why I tricked you guys into watching this horrible piece of shit. Uh, are the frogs mind controlling the other things? Is that the point of this movie? And like. Because it keeps it shows the frogs and then it shows something else kills somebody and then it shows the frogs again and then something else kills somebody. There is a line of dialogue, man. We'll get into a lot of the complaints about this movie. One of the th- problems is the frogs, they just keep cutting to frogs. And then there's like a line of dialogue and the guy's like, What are you trying to tell me? That the frogs have gotten so smart that they're organizing the other animals against us or something like that? And I'm like is that what's fucking happening in this movie? See, I think that's I, what I this movie's about. That line of dialogue. I think. Me too. I think you just justified my theory. Yeah, like the the frogs are somehow in charge of all the other animals and convincing them to strike back at these humans. But then it's really it gets weirder because some of them are striking back in ways that are like perfectly natural. I mean there's an alligator that attacks a person and seems to fight it the way an alligator would. But there are lizards that know to knock poison bottles off of shelves and (laughs) spill the poison into the air to kill the humans. Uh, There are spiders that seem to have control over the woods and use the plant life to their advantage. Can we talk about the guy who apparently is uh, smothered to death by uh, Easter grass? Yeah. Yeah. that's that's what happens there, right? Because I think that's supposed to be spider web, but it looks an awful lot like uh, Easter basket crap. I I do not think that's supposed to be spider web. I thought I my interpretation of that scene. We're jumping all over the place here. We shouldn't be complaining about this yet. But my interpretation of that scene is that 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 is like the vines and shit from the tree that are wrapping around him. Am I completely off base on that? I don't. I don't know. That's <laughs> Brian. That's, uh, that's kind of what I kind of felt too. Like so, again, I was watching it at work, so I mean, I will admit that I kind of 
heard him dying and then was like looking over doing work and then looked back over and was like is he covered in grass now like what the fuck is going on so i i honestly don't know if that was supposed to be spider webs or just weird long grass but if that was supposed to be spider webs that is a huge failure of this film on like multiple levels one just it didn't look like spider webs and two we need a lot of spiders to create that much web that quickly and there's only like two of them on set so and after he's killed by the Easter grass, they do cover him in spider webs. But yeah. apparently they think that spiders just shoot entire webs out of their ass in sheets. Yeah, kind of like Spider-Man. If he has like the different, if you yeah. turn the knob on the shooters, it sprays it out in different levels. <laughs> Anyways, before yeah. we get to that, we should talk about the first 40 minutes of this movie 45 maybe which is just a bunch of assholes on an island who yeah, like essentially kidnapped this photographer things. what was that noah what'd you say i said it's just rich people doing rich people yeah pretty much but it's they're not even vaguely interesting rich people and this film has no balls whatsoever when it comes to these characters it's like Okay, so clearly the one guy is supposed to be the gay guy and his family's like embarrassed that he's gay. But they don't have the balls to actually make him gay, so it's just this guy acting kind of effeminate and refusing to participate in sports and stuff. <laughs> and it's like, this is stupid. And then, I don't want to play your game of stand on log and hit each other. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, there's, they're clearly supposed to be racist. So the, the, the guy that's supposed to be gay brings his friend who's black, but Nobody, or, and she's like a black woman at that, so they're supposed to like obviously be hating her, but they don't actually come out and like do anything racist. It's so it's like this weird, like it's clear that they want to walk that line where the filmmakers don't get called racist by actually writing in the dialogue that's racist, but they want the characters to be racist, and it's like, well, you have to make the characters do racist things in order for us to know they're racist. <laughs> Well, it's so it, poorly done. The uh, the way they portray her, the uh, the model, the black chick. Yeah. Like, I was a little confused by the fact that they go through the whole movie without like uh, stereotyping her that bad. You know, she's well spoken and she dresses yeah. like like a normal model would. You know, typically revealing, and she's super hot. That is a hot lady. But then we get to the dinner scene, and all of a sudden, she's dressed. Like fucking Queen Latifah for no reason. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous, it, and it's it's so hard to explain what goes on in the in the in this movie with all the human characters. It's easier to explain how the frogs control the snakes' minds than it is to explain what the human characters are up to, because all these people clearly hate each other, and it's implied that some of them are just there to go to this old man's birthday party because. Cut him out of the whale. Yeah, like they're basically hoping he'll die and leave leave the money to them. But why does the old man want these people here? He clearly does not like them. Uh, he said it is tradition for them to have this party in July because there's so many July birthdays. Yeah, and it's the only um, oh, what the fuck did he call it? It's sort of the only ritualistic thing left in his life. And so he wants to have this party because it's the only thing he gets to look forward to every year. But, like, who has a party on an island 
and then gets angry because children are late for like a luncheon because they're busy playing in the pool. Well, Rich, this guy does. Yeah. Well, First world problem, guy. people. I'm just saying, if you want a group of people who've got the world cornered on bitching about inconsequential things, <laughs> it's rich old white guys. Totally. Yes, yeah. Who in this movie, the old guy's played by uh, Ray, Ray Meland, or as I used to call him on another podcast, Ray McBland, because Jesus Christ. He's just uh, like, so just like, blah, in most of his performances. You say bland. I say he shoots a snake off of a chandelier with a gun in his fucking house. <laughs> yes, that, but, but that is one of the successfully. But that does not add to his personality. It's literally just one thing he does and then goes back to complaining about and children it, it, in the pool. It's an amazing scene, though, because he just is in a wheelchair. I don't know if we've mentioned that about his character yet. He's in a wheelchair. He comes in for dinner. There's a snake hanging from the chandelier. Everybody else is panicked. I'm waiting for some like scene where they're trying to figure out how to get the snake out of the house. Just pulls a gun out, shoots the snake, orders his servant to pick up the dead snake body and carry it out. Puts the gun away. We've never seen the gun before. We don't see it again for the rest of the movie. There's no indication why he's carrying a gun when he's on a private island with only his family. It's hilarious. Well, but I don't does, think it's intended. It does show that he has a shit ton of guns because he's a crazy rich old white guy that believes that animals mm -hmm. will put on the earth for him to shoot them. Sure, yeah, he's got... Oh, but they're all hunting rifles and stuff. This gun he shoots the snake with is like just a pistol, which would not shoot accurately enough to hit a snake at that distance. Unless you're that badass. Come on. Apparently. You'd think, though, you could probably stop a couple frogs with it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But, well, spoiler alert for the end of the movie, but by the time the frogs finally turn on him, there's way too many for that gun because it's only like a six shooter, so there's like thousands of frogs in his house by the end. Yes, the brutal frog scene. <laughs> Of, uh, just, just, just like him sitting in a wheelchair and just a shit ton of frogs around him and then like ominous music that's the ending of the movie yeah. I know the cover art for this movie has always been it's like a, a frog with a hand sticking out of its mouth Yeah, mm -hmm. I feel like the fact that you never get giant killer frog that's some bullshit <laughs> like you can't advertise giant killer frog and not give me giant killer frog I agree. Did you watch all the way to the end of the credits? You know what? I don't know if I ever have. Is there I, an after credits scene? Is there a giant killer frog in the after credits? Because I'll turn it back on right now. Sort of? At the very end of the credits, as everything rolls up, a cartoon frog saunters onto the screen oh, yeah, yeah. with a hand hanging out of his mouth, and then he just like gulps it down. Gulp. And then oh, black. Ready? Turning back here onto YouTube. Just go right into the history since I just watched this earlier today. <laughs> Should be right there. This completely changes my opinion of this movie. Five stars. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, you were talking about the end of the movie. I actually sent you guys a better ending for the movie that would have been so much better. But, you yeah. know. This is like 30 years ago, so what the fuck are you going to do? 40 years? Jesus Christ, fucking old. Yeah. 
So what's you guys' favorite kill of the movies? Uh, well, you mean the, the lizards accidentally knocking over all the poison in the greenhouse? That's not accidental. And thus Those killing lizards. themselves along with the guys. No, it doesn't kill them for some reason. For some weird reason, the airbound poison that they keep Air- in the greenhouse. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Telepathic frogs are leading an army of lizards against the humans. That's a good point. I'd, I'd say out of out of the entire movie, I think the uh, the old crazy butterfly lady getting uh, harassed by the snakes is pretty good. That's pretty fun. And oh the, God, guy getting, the guy getting killed by the alligators is actually really good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I just watched the cartoon Frog, and it's fascinating. I love it. It has nothing to do with the rest of this movie, no. but I love it. <laughs> I think they literally added that so that they could make the cover art the frog with the hand its mouth. That makes as much sense as anything else. Those sons of bitches. Sorry, but to get back to the actual question, I think, yeah, the best kill is the alligators, right? Yeah. Like, that it good. looks like they actually have a guy wrestling an alligator, mm-hmm. which is kind of neat. Um, and that's the one, the one thing I'll, I'll give this movie credit. They use real animals throughout, and they obviously have to either use fake ones or really, really train animals well for certain scenes. And it's like, they do a pretty good job. The animals all look real. There's some charm in the notion of getting to see real animals and then having them kill people. Mm-hmm. Certainly, we don't like the people they kill, so we're allowed to just sit back and enjoy them, which is a positive. Yeah. Yeah, I like it every time they do something heinous. So I'm just like, oh, you're going to regret that. <laughs> Yeah, I'll even go as far as to say towards the end of the movie when the kills really pick up it is kind of a fun movie to watch. The problem Mm -hmm. is that you know, it's that first whatever hour of just nonsense. It's more more than an hour. It is like it is because like the plot of this movie centers around, I don't even know if we discuss what goes on with the human characters. Like there's literally this this guy's out there like rowing around in his canoe, taking his pictures and stuff. This guy's drunk driving his boat and knocks the canoe over. So he pulls him onto the boat, takes him back to his house. That's how our photographer character gets intermingled with the rest of these characters. But then he just stays around for a long time. And it turns out the photographer is also an ecology expert, which is, therefore, they're going to send him out to find new and improved ways to kill the frogs? Or something? I don't really know. <laughs> like every time he gets done, it's like always too late for him to go home. It's so constant. So they're like, wait, well, yeah, why don't you just stay here for another night? Stick around for another night. Just stick around for another night. It's like a reverse of like wedding crashers. Remember like wedding crashers, yeah. they like sneak out to the rich people's island and they're just trying to find excuses to stay. This is the opposite. They just found this guy in the middle of a lake, so they t- knocked all his shit in the water, brought him back, and they're like, keep staying, keep staying. The one girl clearly wants to bang him, but they don't even do that. No. Like, at one point, she literally walks up to him and is like, yeah, I was going to sneak over to your room last night, but the floorboards around here are too loud, so I couldn't. I was like, well, wait a minute. You're all adults. Why are we even worried about What is going on? And he's in his wheelchair. What the fuck is he going to do? Yeah. 
there's also like weird things in this movie. Like there's a line of dialogue where he says that he has like an elevator that he gets into. We don't mm-hmm. see the elevator. That's no. a weird thing to bring up if you're not going to show it. <laughs> Come on, can you imagine? Floor full of frogs, that elevator comes down and just squishes all of them. Be awesome. At least, like, so, like, the fact that this guy's in a wheelchair is pointless. At least that should have paid off. Like, at some point, they're chasing him and everybody else can run up the stairs and he can't or something. Like, it doesn't seem like it'd be that hard to write in a scene where it mattered, but it yeah. they didn't. They kind of imply it's why he's such a dick. It's because he's in a wheelchair, but that just seems like a weird prejudice against disabled people. Well, he does He does apparently get trampled to death by frogs, and I don't think an able-bodied person that could happen. In this movie, you don't think it could happen? I think they could trample an able-bodied... This is a movie where grown adults play a game together, and the game is everybody stand on a log and then I'll whack you with a fucking pillow. These are, this is a game that an adult male wants to play with his adult male cousins at their grandfather's birthday party. Oh, I'll be honest. Whenever I saw that, I was like, hmm. I'd totally play Loggy Hit You with a Pillow game. <laughs> that actually seems kind of fun. I would play that if I, was like, if I was like at a family thing, I would totally do that to like my nieces and nephews. I would not like call my like 45 year old brother over and be like come on let's play a game where we hit each other with pillows man it'd be cool and then like make fun of the gay member of the family because he's not into sports so he won't play that with you <laughs> like what the fuck this movie is just it's atrocious and except for the parts where animals are killing people and they save all that for the end which is a real problem mm-hmm. yeah they really should have spread those kills out that could have saved this movie, in all honesty. Like, if if it was, like, ten minutes of stupid nonsense and then a good kill, ten more minutes of stupid nonsense and then a good kill, I'd have enjoyed this movie a lot more. Because I'd say it has it has a pretty average body count to it. Sure. Yeah. As in, almost everybody dies, except for the guy who's clearly the hero and the kids. <laughs> and, like the, that's... and the hot girl he wants to bang. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He yeah. takes her with him. And then it has the weird ominous ending where they get, they finally, they finally occurs to them that I know what we should do. We should canoe off the island because we came here in a canoe. So let's leave it in a canoe. And he magically has his paddle back that he lost at the beginning. But that's really nitpicky by this movie standards. <laughs> they get to shore and then they like just go hitchhike a ride. And this the kid is like bringing one of the magic psychic frogs into town. So you know that this is just going to spread, and you're like, I can't believe they're trying to tag on an ending to this. Frogs too, Frogmageddon. I mean, it is the classic thing, right? It is, you take your nature movie, and then Frogs in the City is the follow-up. See, and I feel like my ending was better, which was, um, because the old guy, everybody finally leaves him, and he refuses to leave because he's fucking stupid. And he's sitting in the room and the frogs start swarming in. But then the phone that hasn't worked the entire movie suddenly starts ringing. And he's like, hello, hello. And he's like, this this line was dead. Why is it ringing? And I still say that the perfect ending would have been him yelling into the phone, hello. And then you just hear from the other side uh, the ribbit sound and then freeze frame. <laughs> 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 that's not a better, a better ending. 
<laughs> the, uh, the like nineties, the the nineteen seventies pan back with him screaming, freeze framed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. I mean, it would have made as much sense as the frogs mind controlling all the other animals. Why not? Like, yeah, they probably learned how to use a phone. Who cares? The weird implication that the frogs can communicate with not just like other reptiles or other amphibians, but all other animals too. Mm. And like, why not? If you're going to send animals to kill these people, why not send something else? Like a bear or something cool. Like, why would it only be these random animals? You you know, those swamp bears. <laughs> Fuck you, there's a scorpion there. Whatever. <laughs> whatever method of transportation the scorpion used to get there, they could have brought a bear as well. I'm still, I'm still convinced that those rattlesnakes did not belong on that island. Several angry weasels. Sure, why not? Also, can I ask a question? At the end of this movie, when the guy's trapped in his house, and it's just him in his wheelchair, there's a dog there. Am I wrong in thinking we never saw that dog at all until that final scene? I don't no, remember you, that dog previously. Yeah? Yeah. Alright, maybe I just wasn't paying attention to the dog. Why didn't the fucking frogs turn the dog on its master? That'd be a storyline. Well, in the trivia on the IMDb page, it does say that the the dog does not turn on his master, thus proving he truly is man's best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever wrote that trivia gets higher reviews than the price. <laughs> uh, this movie wasn't good, guys. It no, wasn't. No, this like, movie's bad. The thing about this movie is, like, the nature attacks aspect of the movie. Mm-hmm. The, the shots of the animals, the like the the, the actual kills—they're all okay. And, and like I can get behind a movie that's just—it's just fun to watch these kills happen. But they're not good enough to offset just how fucking bored I was by the time they actually happened. Like this movie's only an hour and a half long. You shouldn't get that bored in a movie this short. And everything involving the human characters was just nonsense. Yeah, you could do a 45-minute, like, supercut of the movie that would be way better. Yeah. Or you could have, like, a person who knows how to write a script write some interesting characters that would be vaguely, like, would maintain my attention so while we're getting to know them in the beginning of the film. Or have, like, a good reason for this guy to be on the island with this family that just kind of adopts him because he fell out of his canoe. You ask for too much, Doug. I guess I do. <laughs> but I mean, if, if you just watch the clips of this movie, of like the, the spider kill, or of the alligator kill, even the cheesy-ass, like, lizards knocking magic poison off the shelves kill, just jars with poison written on them, that... It's airborne poison that if it spills, it's it's airborne poison that if it spills, it will kill everything in the room. But they just have it in a glass jar with like a lid that doesn't even screw on, just sitting there. Also, really is interestingly enough, same poison features in the other movie. (laughs) It does. 
there's our there's our secondary theme, I guess. <laughs> but my point is like, yeah, all the kills are fun to watch. The problem is everything in between them. And it's mm-hmm. just and again, it's not even in between them. It's everything that comes before all the kills that are all crammed into the ending of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this weird family drama where the patriarch also for some reason decides to start trusting the weird photographer guy that just shows up at the house. And he's like, I need you to go look for my for my uh uh I don't know who the fuck was that guy that his he poison his out. poison guy. Yeah, sent out to the other half of the other half of the island. Yeah. Send him out to go dump poison into the swamp. <laughs> the whole thing is the whole thing is weird too. Like the setting doesn't really make any sense. Because it's like they have a phone line, but they're on a private island that is completely removed from society from what you can tell. It's, it's really weird. The whole setup is just strange. Yeah, here we it's, go. It's a it's a private island, but it has roads on it. And they have jeeps there. They had how they get those there. By a boat? Yes, there's no dock. There's no dock big enough for a boat that would carry a jeep to dock at. Seriously, that's what you're worried about in this movie? <laughs> yes, because enough boats had to come over to bring all those animals from the other parts of the world. Not to mention a few jeeps, plus the equipment to build those roads, because some of them are like paved roads, it appeared. Yeah. And then... Just for all that to happen on this island, and then coincidentally there are psychic frogs. That's that's where it crosses the line for me. Like I can be, I can accept the fact that there are jeeps there, or the fact that there are psychic frogs, but not both. <laughs> um, do you want to run down some, some fun trivia from uh, IMDb? Sure. sure. Uh, hold on. It's, uh, it's as good as the dog proving that he's man's best friend. The scenes of Sam Elliott shirtless helped him land the starring role in Lifeguard. All right. <laughs> Don't care. Yeah, uh, you said this was going to be fun trivia. Hold on, I'm not even. This is the first one. Uh, the Florida Holiday Inn used by the crew were not allowed to bring the poisonous snakes, spiders, or black scorpions into the hotel. So I'm assuming they had to leave them all out like in the van or whatever. I assume yeah. I assume the snake guys just kept them in the back of pickup trucks with no <laughs> just, cages or anything. Because I, I learned that last week. <laughs> There's just a tarp that you just dump them all in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Here, here it says, although it's implied that most animals have turned on humans, surprisingly, Crockett's family dog stays loyal until the end, which may imply that dogs are not part of the animal revolution. This would support the popular saying that dogs are man's best friend. I love the animal revolution aspect of this. Because, <laughs> like, it's pretty clear that what the filmmakers are trying to do here is imply that the animals are the good guys and that they're simply striking back against their tormentors. Yada, yada, yada. But there's nothing in the movie that helps with that. Other than in the opening scenes, like the photographer guy keeps finding like garbage and stuff in the lake. But although, although now that it's put it that way, I feel like we really missed out and that there should have been like frogs wearing uh, resist t-shirts and stuff. <laughs> Shirts with like shaved shave bear on the front. Yeah. <laughs> Throw, throwing up their little frog fists. Yeah. 
Uh, apparently, this was released on a double feature with Godzilla versus the Smog Monster. Nice. Yeah, sounds right. Uh, Sam Elliott said was said to have not worn underwear during the filming so that his endowment would be better seen through his jeans. <laughs> I suppose. Uh, see, Ray Milland wore a toupee throughout the movie. It kept falling off though because he was sweating so much in the Florida heat. Um, and then apparently the butterfly lady. Yeah. Had a much more humorous scripted death, but they changed it. She was supposed to be lured into quicksand but pit by butterflies and awesome. she would have drowned. Uh the scene was shot, but it was deemed too silly for the final film. <laughs> <laughs> that might be another part of the problem with this movie is that tonally, like they tried to add humor in, in some places, I think. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the movie took itself so damn seriously that none of the humor works. Because the butterfly lady, when she's running through the woods getting chased by snakes, there's like a moment where she gets her neck caught on some of the same viney stuff that the spiders use to kill that other guy. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, oh! And then she's like, oh, I'm not really trapped. I just ran into this and tosses it aside. And I think it's supposed to be like the cat in the closet type moment where you're like, oh my god! And then it's not really... It's just a joke. But... There's nothing humorous about it because this movie has taken itself so seriously that there are actually other characters having a discussion about why a woman her age would be chasing butterflies to start with. <laughs> and then like it seems like it seems like they didn't know whether they were making like a campy B movie or whether they were trying to make a serious horror film. And the results are that they failed in both. And uh, apparently Ray Milland reportedly hated the film production so much that he left three days before he was scheduled to and then much of his climactic death scene had to be shot with a double alright what a dick that's just a dick move (laughs) climactic that's that's the word they use for it though yes well technically it's the climax of the film (laughs) Uh, what's really weird to me is like this is an AI picture right Mm-hmm. And it's like they in this era AI was making some quality films low budget cheesy sure all, all those complaints are valid but a lot of good movies came out of the, in the 70s from AI pictures I don't understand why this one is such a failure I don't understand why somebody didn't come in and re-edit it to move a lot of the deaths around so that you maintained your interest or somebody didn't step in and say hey if you're going to have jokes they should be funny and if you're going to just if you're just going to be these crotchety rich old people, then don't have 40 minutes of that. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know who was in charge. I don't know whose fault it is, but I know like it's just... I, you don't have your four, opening 45 minutes of the film just be rich people being assholes for no reason in non-funny ways. Yeah. I agree. I feel like you could take this footage and re-edit it into something that's a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, like, like, again, if, just, I, if I didn't watch I, this at work, I would probably be kind of bored with it. Because, like, luckily for me, I had to pause this a couple of times while I was watching it, mm. and I think that that drastically improved my level of enjoyment because I'm like, okay, I pause it. I've got a break between how bored I was and the fun parts at the end. But I think if I was actually like, I'm just trying to imagine sitting through the first part of this movie in a theater, waiting for something to happen. 
and just being like, is this where we're at? Like the action scene in the first half of the movie is a guy in a motorboat knocking a guy in a canoe over. And then they don't even seem to dislike each other after. <laughs> yeah, he like <laughs> he goes to like help him out of the water and he just pulls him into the water and that seems to be fair enough. Like <laughs> Yeah, now everyone's now okay with it. Like, okay. You almost killed me, but you're wet now. <laughs> Beef. It's what's for dinner. And you lost all my shit too in the <laughs> Well yeah, and that never gets brought up again. Like no. all of his photography equipment and everything is lost. It's stated that you cannot, like, you can't dive in that area. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like it's too the mud's too deep or something, and it's too like hazy or something. It, there's a yeah the that's I mean much like every other bit of logic in this movie, it's pretty hazy, but somehow because there's a big drop-off in the water, you can't go diving? Which I don't understand. Isn't that the whole point of having diving equipment? Is that you can dive where the water's deep? I, I thought that's how it worked. Maybe. I don't know. So I'm going to assume, Doug, you are not going to recommend this movie? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with a no. Um, yeah. I would go with a good uh, have this on while you're doing something at home type movie. Yeah, yeah. Like we live in the YouTube world. I'm sure that some of these death scenes are pulled out of the movie and thrown on YouTube, mm. and you can just watch them by themselves. And that's probably worth your time because there is 20 minutes of really good footage in this movie that's really fun to watch but it's just surrounded by nonsense not even surrounded by again preceded by which is a big part of the problem I would say watch the first three minutes of the movie and then skip to the second half of the movie and then you're good that's probably good that's, yeah. that's probably good it's, advice that's those, surprisingly those nature, those nature shots at the beginning are pretty good yeah, and the nature shots are pretty good. Even the opening credit sequence is kind of interesting. The way they do it is he's taking his his uh, pictures, and then they sort of when he when he snaps the camera, it freeze frames, and you get credits on the screen for a second to read. That, that's relatively well done for like you know for the era, especially. I don't know. It's it's really just the the fact that that whole family is just. A healthy combination of annoying and, un- and uninteresting. That's the problem. And it seems, it does, the movie feels like they're trying to make them interesting and failing. It's not yeah. like a slasher movie where they're not meant to be interesting. It's like, you know, you're supposed to care, you just don't. Could have really used some boobs, I think. Did you say some boobs? Yeah, boobs. Okay. This movie could have used some boobs. It, I, I, like, I thought you said booze. I'm like, well... Boobs. I guess that would help this movie. I feel like a little bit a little bit more exploitation stuff might have made yeah. it more interesting. Yeah, I mean, basically what it comes down to is you got to find a way to make the time spent with that family fun. And however you do that, whether you make them funnier or make them interesting or add some boobs, whatever. Like you got to do something with that because it's just it's just atrocious to just watch all these people. And like, 
they're acting like there's drama in this movie, but there isn't. It's like the drama is the one guy's wife doesn't like coming to the family event. And he's like, well, we got to come here a couple times a year. And then that's it. That's just, that's just dropped right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm pretty much the same. Like I said, just have something else to do around the house while it's on. So you can just sort of step into the room and be like, holy shit. That guy just got swallowed up by that grass. And then. <laughs> that guy's getting killed by Easter grass. <laughs> All right. So we followed that up with the movie Slugs, which, weirdly enough, is based on a novel. Is it? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I don't know. Some weird mutant slugs show up. For some reason, the uh, guy that's... What the fuck was his position? He's, like, with the health department or something? Yeah, but like, is he also, like, a landlord or something? Because he's involved in, like, going with the sheriff to evict people and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I don't... I, I, I didn't... I don't... I don't know why that was, now that I think about it. <laughs> he's... It, and... Like I was, at one point, I was he, he had something to do with the housing authority. Well, he's definitely he definitely works for the health department, and the question is, like, it, when he keeps going to these houses to examine them, is that in his capacity as a health guy? Because that's not how it works. Like, you don't build a new house and then the health department has to come and examine it. Or yeah. like, like was that that drunk guy at the beginning? Do we think he was being evicted? He was being evicted. Does was he being evicted because his house was so unhealthy? Because they kind of implied he was being evicted for not paying his bills. Then why is the health department there for that? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so that's yeah. so that's that's our first ten minutes of discussion on who who was the main character. Uh, his name was Mike Brady, by the way. Yeah, that's a problem. Because <laughs> we all know Mike Brady's actually an architect, so this movie is yeah. fat liar. Um, yeah, so he's hanging out with the sheriff for some reason, going around town. Uh, yeah, the drunk guy at the beginning uh, gets eaten by slugs in his house that come up through the sewer. Uh, <laughs> this starts happening more and more, and for some reason, the police department is just like, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird, weird coincidence, but the guy from the health department, uh, who teams up with the guy from the sanitation department, yeah, keep telling everybody, no, there's these mutant slugs because this used to be a nuclear waste like dump site or whatever. Yeah, well, that's because that's what the high school science teacher told them. Yes, yes, the high school science teacher earning his uh, minimum wage salary. Uh. And so then it's just shot after shot of these slugs like killing people in very slug like ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically everything that happens in this movie is just an excuse for somebody to get killed by some slugs. That's totally what it is. I feel like this movie at least knows which, what it is. Unlike, yeah, which is awesome, by the way. <laughs> yeah, because some of the uh, some of the writing and acting in this is completely ridiculous. But you sort of just overlook it because you're like, oh, but there's slugs killing people so yeah the, the fact do? that we, the fact that we don't know the main characters 
why he's doing the things he's doing throughout the film. Like, that's a problem. But on the other hand, this movie is just an exploitation film, an excuse to show the kills. And the kills are awesome. Yeah. It's just that simple. Like, this movie had me sold. There's a scene very early on, I think it's the second death, where the guy ends up, like, he's got a slug in his glove and he puts it on and he can't get it out. (laughs) And so, with very little hesitation, very little hesitation this guy's like well only one solution here gotta chop my hand off and he's got the hand out and it's and he's got that axe and it's just like just go for it man just do it and he's hacking away and the blood's spraying everywhere and I'm like yup good for you man that's outstanding it still doesn't make any sense whatsoever it's just, it's, the thing is it's in the glove and then bites him and then it becomes I can't get this glove off my hand right exactly that was a strong ass slug. I love that he just starts slamming his hand on top of stuff, trying to like kill whatever's inside. Well, and like, when when you see the other slugs throughout the rest of the film, wouldn't that have worked? Wouldn't that have killed that slug? It would have just squished it. Yeah, yeah, they're all very slug-like. They just eat meat. That's basically <laughs> it. And they are like significantly more aggressive, and they hunt in packs, and we see that, but. It doesn't seem like it's that hard to kill him. I don't see why that smashing that gloved hand didn't work, but <laughs> because it was important for the scene for that dude to chop at his hand. It was important. It was important for my life to watch that guy get his hand chopped off. I just the whole time I kept thinking like he really goes to I'm gonna chop my hand off quickly. Like he did not want to have that hand. I think he's <laughs> thought about it before. He's like, should I chop this off? I'm not sure. Well, now it's getting eaten by a slug. So I don't really just... have any justification to chop off this hand. <laughs> I hope a slug gets in my glove one day so I can get away with this. Because <laughs> keep in mind, that is also the scene where the slugs blow up. <laughs> as soon as as soon as they're, they're done with that guy, his wife shows up, and then that results in... Who's somehow. vacuuming the whole time, which is why she doesn't hear him screaming trying to cut his hand off. Right. Well, she's she's not just vacuuming. She's also got the radio on. Oh, okay. You're right. So it's the two noises combining. <laughs> and she does think something's wrong with the radio at one point, so maybe they're trying to imply that she heard some screaming in the background, but she just thought it was coming through a static. <laughs> yeah, this is so ridiculous. <laughs> but it was so fun. Uh, yeah, the very open of the movie, we get to see a guy and a girl out fishing. He falls into the water just as she was so close to taking her top off. Yeah, that's just a big tease. So, and then later, the main guy's wife shows up in some revealing lingerie, and then they do the thing where they fall into bed together, and then the camera pans over to the window. And I was like, are you serious? We're not going to get any boobs in this movie. But Especially man. after frogs. I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Yeah, but then we get the weird girl that I think is supposed to be in high school having sex with her bad boy boyfriend. One of the interesting things about this movie is the fact that some of the characters are in high school and some of the characters are adults and they all kind of look the same age. (laughs) So it's a little hard to tell. Yeah. Yeah. that, that, That scene where, so like she's home alone, the badass boyfriend comes over they're going at it and then slugs show up 
<laughs> that is amazing. Like yeah, some of the yeah, while the they're having sex, the, the slugs, slugs just somehow. cover the entire house. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say flood the entire floor. Yeah, so they can't get out of the bed, basically. <laughs> and she, when she falls onto that floor, and there are several shots of her like trying to get up, but there's just so many slugs eating her that she can't. And she's like reaching out for help, and her boyfriend's like, "Fuck this!" And he makes the run for the window, and then he's like getting tackled by slugs who are biting at his feet while he tries to walk across the floor. It's awesome. It is so gorgeously disgusting to watch her get munched alive by slugs. I loved it. I would I would argue that scene's probably the second best scene in the movie. Number one has to has to be the guy who eats the slug and fucking explodes in that restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We meet them towards the beginning. They're having dinner with our main character and his wife, yeah. and, and the guy seems to imply that his wife is a fucking alcoholic. Well, he tells it, him to slow down. It's it's implied that she has a character arc in this movie because she's like drunk in the opening scenes. Then later she goes to have a few drinks by herself, and then the husband's like. I don't like how much you drink. And then there's like a really like, I think supposed to be emotional moment where she's like, I didn't have any drinks today because it's more important that our marriage lasts. And I think she's had a character arc there, <laughs> but it, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. She decides to make a salad out of some fresh lettuce. She just got that has a slug in the middle of it and she just chops up into multiple pieces. Yep. I do. I do have only one major complaint about the entire movie. How dare you? And and that is, while I appreciate it in all of its exploitative goodness, there is a completely pointless attempted rape scene. Yeah, I would agree with that. That's a little yeah. weird. Yeah, like it, it exists for no fucking reason other than for that girl to fall down a sewer hole and get eaten by slugs, which could have happened any fucking way. <laughs> well, yeah, take it a step further there, because there's a completely pointless subplot of like teenagers getting ready to have a Halloween party mm -hmm. and I think that the only reason they did that was so that all the teenagers would be out in the dark at night having this so called party just so that they could have their attempted rape scene and it's like this is unnecessary and it's not like it's not some you know that type of attempted rape that would have been acceptable in the 80s because there's a certain level of rape that was yeah. just kind of normal in 80s movies. This is like violent, aggressive attempted rape. Well, you know what the funny thing is? Is it starts off with the boyfriend attempting to do the weird 80s rape. Yeah. Where, where he's just trying to pressure this girl into having sex with him. And then she escapes only to get <laughs> the violent rape. It's almost like the message of the movie is you should sleep with your boyfriend so you don't get raped by somebody else while you're walking away. It, which I don't think is necessarily what they intended, but that's what comes across. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like Noah says, it really like leads to nothing other than, oh, I think that guy's coming after me. I better go hide it down in the entrance into the sewer. Oh, shit. I fell onto a bunch of slugs. Now I'm dead. Yeah. Yeah. It's a reverse, it's a reverse Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, all about punishing wicked teenagers for doing all the sex and drugs. And this girl's actually a good girl who doesn't want to be at the party, doesn't want to have sex, and doesn't want all this stuff. And she's the one out of all the douchebags that dies. 
Because then we pretty much just leave the rest of those teenagers behind. We have no idea what else happens to them. Yeah, pretty much. Seems like you could do an awesome scene at this Halloween party of slugs just attacking everybody. I was, yeah, I was sitting here fingers crossed waiting for that to happen. <laughs> I was like really upset when they didn't. <laughs> I was like, oh, we're going to kill all these kids? Doesn't even get killed. No. He just moves on with his day and nobody, now he won't even get reported, so he's just going to move on. To rape again in the sequel, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We never finished it. So the guy that ate like the slug pieces in his salad, yeah, is at a business dinner, and then all of a sudden worms just erupt out of his face, uh, <laughs> right out the eyeballs and everything. I was gonna yeah. say when his fucking eyeball explodes, I would I would argue that is one of the greatest gore moments of all time of any gore movie. I can't. It's a fantastic gore moment. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then we find out they're not, like, he didn't die by slugs. He actually died by blood parasites that live in slugs. Yeah. Just, just, just a like, weird twist. Yeah. That's <sighs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's pretty fucked up. And then we also, we get, it leads to, like, either the best or the worst moment in the movie, which is like the sheriff calls in the guy from the health department. Mm -hmm. So, and he's like, I guess they don't like each other. So they're like yelling at each other in the back room of this restaurant with the sheriff being like, well, what do I do? Do I need to shut down this restaurant? Is it food he ate here? And the guy's like, well, I don't know. Can you give me 30 seconds to get in here and look at the body and try to figure out what happened before I make an assessment. And then you get these two ridiculous over the top Italian stereotypes. No worms in my kitchen. Clearly not played by real Italian people, just played by people who are racist against Italians. Just <laughs> screaming about how there is no, uh, there are no worms here. There are no worms here. And it's like, what? What is going on at this point? You're just like, every time they cut away from one of the kill scenes, you're just, like, just stop. Just don't do this. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, I had another point I was going to bring up. I completely forgot. Being racist against Italians. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't remember. So you guys are skipping. Oh, I was going to, oh, I was going to say, I'm a little sad because we didn't get any slug justice in this movie. Because not only does the sanitation guy and the health department guy get called to this lady's house because she says her sewer is backed up. Yeah, and so that's when the uh, sanitation guy goes down there and first discovers there's something weird living in the sewers that we, of course, will discover as slugs later on. It's this crotchety old lady who's a bitch to everybody, and she never gets her yeah. uh, comeuppance. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people who deserve to die in this film don't die. Yeah. Like she deserved to die. The rapist guy deserved to die. All of that is just kind of left. And it's kind of annoying because I, I wanted to watch those die. We do get like the the opening guy. He's, he's like drunk. And he's just a, an asshole who refuses to pay any of his bills. That's why he's getting evicted. And he gets munched pretty good. Just yeah. fun to watch. Like you get to see. It's not so much his death that you get to see, but it's the aftermath of just his decomposed body that's been eaten by slugs. That's fun to see. Yeah. Hmm. Now we are skipping over one of the greatest deaths in cinematic history, no? which is the 
knockdown drago brawl that occurs between a slug and a hamster in this film. (laughs) 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 Because they take what I think is a fake slug and I'm pretty sure they just glued it to a hamster and when that thing panicked it started running around. They just filmed it. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) And it's... The whole thing is being watched by the British high school science teacher who is just like fascinated the whole time and therefore letting it go. He's just like, I'm not going to break this up. I want to see who wins. (laughs) It's it's like, what is going on? It's crazy. That that might be my favorite kill in the movie. It's either that one or it's the, the kids in the bedroom specifically the girl who's crawling around on the floor just naked, just covered in slugs as they eat away at her. She's screaming in pain. What a great... See, in, in, a, in a good horror movie exploitation scenario, that's what I want. Like, a, a good-looking naked lady <laughs> in just the grossest, weirdest fucking thing possible. Well, yeah, and I mean, that's that's basically the difference between this movie and the last movie is that this movie commits to what it is. This movie is like, fuck all that. We are not a drama movie. We're not here to discuss the alcoholism of that one character or get into Mike Brady's marriage habits or whatever. No, we're here to watch slugs eat people. So we'll just get the humans out of the way and then we'll just have the slugs eat whoever's left. And that's basically what they do. Uh, we also need to address the fact that they they do a very good job of setting up that the thing that's going to kill the slugs is salt. And then completely go the opposite direction, and the scientist yeah. comes up with fucking, like, lithium phosphorus that apparently makes slugs explode. <laughs> yep. And there's something to do with the moisture in their body. Yeah, somehow this <laughs> chemical mixes with the moisture in their body and they explode. But if it mixes with other moisture, that doesn't explode. No. Yeah, because they want to take it down to the sewer and just flood it so that it kills all of the slugs. But the water in the sewer should be perfectly fine. There's a whole, like, that whole plan of, like, so Mike Brady, the architect slash landlord slash health inspector, and his partner from sanitation department are going to go down there and they're going to blow up all the slugs. Mm-hmm. For all intents and purposes, the plan is we're going to dump a little bit of meat in this one spot, and every slug in town is going to come looking for that. Yeah. But we know that there are slugs living in people's gardens. We know that there are slugs that are living in that warehouse where the vegetables are stored, because we saw that they killed the guy there. We've seen them coming out of the faucets, because they make it up through the sewers into people's homes. What the hell? They didn't kill all the slugs. They did some damage to the slugs. They didn't kill all the slugs, mate. <laughs> setting off that fire in the sewers all they did was slow down the slugs a little bit because we're also told that the slugs are like they can reproduce asexually which means that whatever slugs are still out there alive living in mike's garden or wherever else are just going to continue to spread and i'm assuming that giant sewer explosion they caused probably compromised the structural integrity of the entire town Oh, yeah, because we see it takes out, like, uh, a couple of cars and stuff and, a, and one building that they could afford to blow up. Actually goes up, and it's like, well, and there's no explanation as to why that one building goes up in flames and the other ones don't. Yeah, it is weird, because, uh, I mean, they very much, like, pull out a map of the city. Yeah. And he's like, well, the old man's house was here, 
the the couple that died lived were here and they start like mapping out that okay they're very much moving outwards from the central point yeah but yeah then their plan is well if we go down there they'll all be in this this central point it's like you literally just said they're moving out that doesn't make any sense (laughs) whatsoever and like this movie is full of logic flaws like that like the opening kill the kid falls in a lake and all these slugs that live on land kill him under the water is that what happened in that opening scene? That's how I took it. And it's implied that, like, because he tries to come up and they pull him back down, like, in Jaws. And you're like, well, is there a giant slug? Because later when the when the guy from the sanitation department is underground, he's, like, us- using this hook thing to clear out a pipe and it gets hooked on something. And I'm like, oh, because there's a giant slug in there. But we never see a giant slug. No. So I don't know. Maybe there is a giant slug. Maybe there isn't. I don't know. Like, I, I can't tell you. <laughs> um, but there's also like really weird things that happen in this movie. Like the sheriff, when he drives around town, he's always got his lights on as if he's like in an emergency situation. But that's just not how police cars work. Those don't just come on when you start the car and stay on. Because <laughs> he's got them on when he goes to evict the guy. It's like, well, that's not really an emergency situation. <laughs> no. I don't think they keep them on for that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this movie. And that's, I mean, that's not even getting into why all these characters all sudden automatically hate each other. Like, <laughs> the way the sheriff and the health department guy just do not get along for no known reason is fascinating. <laughs> just immediately yelling at each other every time they're in the same room with one another. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anybody else have anything about slugs other than just it's awesome? Yeah, like it's it's awesome because it embraces what it is, which is like a cheesy eighties exploitation slashery type movie. That's we're we're here for the kills. I mean, if you go to the IMDb page for this movie, like I don't think any of the top actors even have pictures up on IMDb. <laughs> this might be all they ever did, and the fact that like the main character's name is Mike Brady probably means that there's a rerun of Brady Punch on when they were writing a script, and that's uh, yeah. Fine. What if uh, what if his name's uh, Mike Brady? Yeah, yeah, that'll work. So I I don't know. Plot wise, this movie doesn't make any sense. the The climax is kind of fun to watch because things blow up, but it doesn't make any sense. None of the uh, character motivations make sense. None of the actors have pictures until you get down to the mayor. Mayor? <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> but pointless. Um, yeah, There's also only one piece of trivia. That it was banned in Australia. What? Uh, it was banned in the Australian state of Queensland until the early 90s when the Queensland Censorship Board was disbanded. The movie came out in 88, so it wasn't banned for that long. <laughs> no, that's ridiculous. Though. I mean, you'd think usually if they got on the, the Queensland board, they ended up banned by uh, Britain 2 and the whole video nasties thing. It's so weird that Australia would ban movies, because you guys have seen Australian movies, right? Oh, yeah. They're, they're fucking nuts down there, but somehow this is wrong? I don't know. It's because they that don't want to girl was naked. She got eaten by slugs. Yeah. What you're saying is that the slugs should fight a giant razorback boar. It's going in the movie. 
I don't know. I think my my only complaint about the entire movie is they they mention the salt thing like three times, and then not a single person attempts to defend or kill a slug with just throwing salt on it. You know, like like kill slugs. <laughs> nah, why would you do that? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, that's a fair complaint. Um, my biggest complaint is everything that happens between people. This movie should just be slugs fighting people. There shouldn't be human interaction at all. Slightly, just slightly less dialogue. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could do use with less dialogue and just, if you could edit down the dialogue and just have an extra kill scene in order to maintain your running time, <laughs> that'd be great. Um, and I, I, like, it really bothers me that they pretended at the end of the movie that somehow this had solved the problem. <laughs> well, well, they didn't, because there's one left. <laughs> But there's not. There's hundreds left. <laughs> Remember how many were in that one bedroom? Like, that house didn't blow up. They never went back there and killed all those slugs. Yeah. This movie was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> first time watching you? Oh, yeah. yeah. Both of these are first time watches for me. Yeah. First time I've seen frogs. I actually saw this slugs like a long time ago when I was younger. I think it was on like you. It was on some basic cable channel, oh, yeah. so that means I missed all the nudity and stuff. So, yeah, I was gonna say it's it's so much better than I remember it being. Mm -hmm. Well, I think yeah, because I think what, movies like this, people will criticize them because of the dialogue scenes, because of the irrational behavior of the characters, all that stuff. You know, because of the forced discussions about real estate deals that don't really belong in a movie like this. But at the end of the day, you're here for the kills, and that's all that matters. And they're fantastic. Right? Like, they're... Mm -hmm. Without exception, every kill is fun to watch. They're unique. They're different. And they're not like anything... They're not just like every other movie that you watch where people get killed. They're all different. I mean, you know, so if you're going to get caught up in the plot, I mean... There's an episode of MacGyver where ants attack a town. It's basically the same plot. It's handled in much the same way, except he uses water instead of fire. So go watch that if you're in it for a more well-written script and more detailed plot analysis. If you're in it for the kills, this is it just delivers on every level. Yeah. Um, so I'm assuming both of you guys watch the, uh, the YouTube version of it? Yes. Yes. Well, since I'm on the screener list for Arrow, for some reason, um, do, you like have, a, do you have a special edition fucking Blu-ray release of Slugs? I do. I was like, I believe Arrow put out Slugs just recently, so I went and searched through my screener stack, and sure enough, there's a nice crisp Blu-ray of Slugs. So I got to enjoy it in super high def. That is it's cool. Which, which, which means when the girl falls on the floor, that's she just got done having sex. Um, since it's so clean, you can literally see her butthole. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, was that? And I had to rewind it and pause please, it. I'm like, sure enough. Please, please tell me you went straight to IMDb and you added that to the trip. I should. 
Um, and in case nobody's figured it out yet, of course, that is going to be the uh, episode artwork. So hopefully your kids are not in the <laughs> You know, this is why we can't keep listeners, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fine. Um, unfortunately, these special features are not uh, super great. Um, well, what are you going to do <laughs> with this movie? <laughs> Can you interview some yeah. of the actors and be like, do you remember when you acted? No, I didn't really do any of that. Okay, good, yeah. Um, yeah, I believe they uh, they interview the guy whose face exploded with the slugs, mm-hmm. and he's the only actor that I recognized. Because I think the other one's like location scout and like all this other stuff, and I'm like, well, that's location scout. Do they have anybody there from special effects? Because I'd be curious how they did some of the things in this movie using '80s technology, like the uh, little, the one close up of the slug that bites the guy's hand, and, mm-hmm. like his finger. Like it looks like they trained a slug to bite a guy's finger, and I'm pretty sure they didn't. Like, I'd love to know how they got that to look so real. I. Yeah, I think there's something with it, but I didn't really watch it. Like I've looked through everything, I'm like, none of this really seems that seems that exciting. So, yeah. Well, that's something. It is something. And that something is a butthole. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MN Drive-In Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Hey guys, this is Eric in Ann Arbor. I just wanted to give you some quick feedback. Uh, First, I want to call Doug out on some bullshit. uh, Because you'll recall a few weeks ago, he saw the movie Central Intelligence. uh, And thought it was okay, but he really couldn't get on board. Because uh, even his comedies, he requires to make some sort of sense. And he really didn't feel that the plot was believable. Um and then this last week, I'm listening to your episode of Leprechaun in Space, and he's giggling about a leprechaun coming out of a guy's dick. Um, Doug, you, sir, owe Dwayne The Rock Johnson an apology. He is better than you in every way and does not deserve to be held to your ridiculous double standard of having made sense while you're over here giggling about a leprechaun coming out of a guy's dick. All right? Apologize. I also wanted to weigh in on the whole Easter candy thing. You guys are talking about the least favorite Easter candy. Uh, None of you had the right answer. The correct answer is Peeps. Peeps are nasty. I don't understand how they sell so many thousands of those things every year. They're disgusting. Ew, ew, ew. Peeps, for when you want to chew on a sponge but don't have one around. Uh, The good Easter candy is made by Cadbury. I can understand being a little ambivalent on the cream egg, but... If you try the caramel egg, oh, those things are awesome. Uh, also, the Cadbury mini eggs with the candy shell are sweet. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you guys are hyping up the Easter show. I hope it lives up to the uh, to the hype that you're putting out there for it. Can't wait to see what you have in store. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. So we just came out of a voicemail from Eric, who is uh, calling you out, Doug. Yeah, yeah. You, don't, you don't hear from the guy for months, and all of a sudden he just has to call in with a very... <laughs> 
strongly worded message, a lot of foul language, unnecessary in my opinion. <laughs> this is a clean show. Yeah. And, and the gist of his message is that somehow the rock is so much better a person than me. And yeah, uh, fine. I mean, fine. we all kind of knew that. Yeah. But my response would be to his comments is yeah, the rock's better than me, but Warwick Davis is so much better than the rock. So I think that Eric has just inadvertently created a situation where the rock owes Warwick Davis an apology. And I don't know how we're going to make that happen. Uh, perhaps give the rock a cameo in Leprechauns. Well, <laughs> we'll see if we have the budget. <laughs> I'm not convinced. Maybe he'll do it as a favor since he owes Warwick Davis an apology. <laughs> it's just it's his way of making it up to him. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's right. Also, I think we're all in agreement. Peeps are disgusting. Well, you would be wrong because I love peeps. What in the fuck? Oh, twist. I've never had a peep. So we are in quite the conundrum here. We have okay. one pro, one con, and one. I don't think these things are in Canada, but maybe they are, and I just don't know about them. So a peep is a tiny chick-shaped uh, sugar-covered marshmallow or rather. Where, where they've replaced the marshmallow with hot garbage. <laughs> I don't think that would be completely true. Um, all, peeps, all, all peeps are stale. Peeps are made stale. Also not true. They're disgusting. They are awful. And the people who make them should feel bad. <laughs> yeah, so it's basically just marshmallow covered in different colored sugar. So it's literally just sugar on top of sugar. Yeah. And they're not vegetarian, according to the information I found when I Googled them to find out what they were. I assume they're made of yak fat and wax. (laughs) Is it not being vegetarian? Is that a turnoff for you, Doug? No, you'd think it'd be a selling point. But Hmm. I ain't gonna lie to you. There's there's a lot of good Easter candy out there, and if this candy is so controversial, I don't think I'm going to try one. just going to let that go. I like peeps. Noah can go. Well, Noah and Eric both can go. Just jump off a cliff. They're so they're so gross. Eric did uh, say he appreciated the Cadbury's though. Yeah, uh, I, think we, uh, I don't know. It seems like we uh, we're at a stalemate here. Want yeah, to have chocolate this, eggs? Is this where we're finally going to start getting feedback from all our listeners? They're all going to they're all going to be calling in <laughs> and tell us their opinion on candy. <laughs> I'll abandon this movie nonsense. No We've been asking the wrong questions. <laughs> today's today's show: candy corn, bad candy, or the worst candy? Oh, candy corn's not that bad. Says the guy who likes peeps. That's right. <laughs> if I could get a candy corn flavored peep, it'd be the greatest thing ever. Oh, oh that makes my stomach hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Before Nova moments, we should address the other thing that Eric said, which is that he was really looking forward to our Easter show that we have been hyping up. Yes. So by the time he's hearing these comments, he's like probably pretty disappointed. I would, I would like to say for the world and everyone, 
This is not an April Fool's Day joke. <laughs> no, we are not nearly organized enough to have planned wow. this in advance and have it come out on April Fool's Day. That is just a happy coincidence that that happened. Yeah. I, think, I think I said last week, I, I described exactly how this show came about, which is that Noah said he wanted to do the movies, and I said, I'm not doing those till Easter. And we all just stuck by it. And it's been like, <laughs> we are on week 28 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we have waited that long to do these movies for no other reason than that random comment that I made in the group chat so yeah. long ago. Yeah, and it's uh, been it's been labeled on our list as the Easter show. And then about a month ago, I was like, "Hey guys, guess what? Easter's on April first this year." <laughs> All right. So we weren't going to change our our uh, idea. Because Easter happens to fall on April first, but I think we just want to reassure everyone that this was not intended as a prank. That we just no. genuinely thought this was a good Easter show <laughs> for how, some reason. How funny would it be if on Easter this year uh, Jesus came back, and then all of a sudden he was like, "No, I'm just kidding. I'm the Antichrist." Woo! <laughs> April Fools, bitches. I thought you were going to say Jesus comes back, listens to our podcast, and goes, this is how they celebrate Easter? <laughs> Fuck it, y'all. I'm going back to where I came from. I'm assuming Jesus would come back, listen to this podcast, sit down, watch every fucking Ernest movie, forget about everything, and just the world goes to shit. Sit down on the couch and fill himself on peeps while watching an Ernest movie? What is what is this binge watching that everyone's <laughs> talking about? Oh shit, Jessica Jones is the bomb. <laughs> fuck, fuck the apocalypse. I need to see season three. <laughs> but Jesus, we're ready to go home. I said season three. <laughs> so we did get an email from Michael who says, Hey guys, longtime listener, first time writing in. Just wanted to say, peeps are awful. Thanks for the show, Mike. It's right to the point. Yeah. The point being, if we want feedback, we should talk about candy every episode. <laughs> that doesn't seem to be the way to go. <laughs> yeah. So. That's how you get feedback from Eric, and uh, you get people writing in, talking about peeps. All right. So, I like the sweet chili heat Doritos. What kind do you guys like? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Doritos are gross. Oh, know. fuck off. Now you're just trolling me. That's not right. If you're going to tell me Cool Ranch Doritos are not the best thing created on the face of this planet, you are wrong. Why on earth would you ever eat a Dorito when you could have a potato chip? The greatest of all things. No, Doritos are, are an improvement on the potato chip idea. Well, let's not get crazy. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a situation. I'm not saying I don't enjoy a good potato chip. That's fine. But again, like a sweet chili heat Dorito is pretty much going to be my favorite snack of all time, I think. Yeah. So what kind of chips are your favorite then, Noah? Mr. Um, I hate hate Doritos. Kettle cooked Lay's potato chips. Either either the regular one with dip or salt and vinegar if there is dip. Mm. If you take the salt and vinegar ones 
and dip them in like a hot cheese queso type dip, it's better than you think it's going to be. That sounds potent. Mm-hmm. I would like to tell you guys that uh, I did just type the word butthole into Google. And Why to do that? In yeah. images, and it's fascinating. No, I'm good. <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to tell us what you Google anymore. Let's just not make that part of the show. Uh, so my favorite potato chips are is a brand neither one of you are going to heard of. It's going to have heard of. Uh, it's a it's sort of a regional one. Noah, maybe, but probably not. And that is uh, Kitchen Cook chips. That was made uh, in the town I went to high school. And for some reason, like, I don't know, I just grew up eating them, and they're, like, my favorite thing in the entire world. Yeah, this, this feels like a hipster thing. Like, I don't know. I, I know about this other kind of chips that you guys don't know about. I don't go I'm for just, those, like, name brand chips. Like, you jerks. No, I'm just saying there are people who live who from this area that then, like, move away, have their family, like, ship them bags of chips because they don't sell them anywhere outside of Illinois. I like them, but they're too they're too thin and crumbly. You're ridiculous. Alright, well after we get over Noah's ridiculousness, did anybody watch anything? A little bit. Oh, so only like what, twenty movies? Yeah. <laughs> uh I did after a, a whole lot of prodding from a lot of people finally get a Hulu account. Because I was like, oh, I can catch up on all these TV shows I've been missing. Only to find out that you have to pay for the fucking $40 Hulu account to get all the regular TV stations. Yeah, it's ridiculous. that. Fuck that. Fuck Hulu. (laughs) They're lucky the Golden Girls was on their (laughs) 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 IBM. I wish statements like that still surprised me. But there are there are a bunch of good old TV shows on there, so I was excited. But uh, I watched uh, From Beyond mm-hmm. because uh, Fulci's awesome, yeah, and and From Beyond still awesome. I've seen that movie twenty times, and it's just as awesome every time. Yeah, I still haven't watched it. And then I was gonna watch uh, the New York Ripper. Okay. And got distracted and watched The Princess Bride instead. Oh yeah, I can see why when you're in the mood for one, you would just watch the other as well. Well, I was I was on my way home from work and I had to stop at Walmart to get something and while I was walking through Walmart, I saw The Princess Bride on Blu-ray for $7 and I was like, mine! <laughs> and then immediately went home and watched that instead. Yeah. Imagine you just running in, in the house. Did you say you're you're at the grocery store? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, it's a Walmart. Or Walmart. Okay, so I imagine you running into the house with uh, Princess Bride in your hand, and Char is like, "Oh, hey, did you get?" And then you just shove her like out of the way, like <laughs> shove her to the ground. And you run to the to the Blu-ray player to put the movie in. Well, my assumption is you did not buy what you went to the store for, as either. I did buy the things I went to the store for. Thank you. Tampons? She, she sent you to get tampons? 
No, mostly food. Oh. In, in my in my head, she was cooking dinner. She calls Noah at work and says, "Like, hey, I'm making you this great dinner. I'm putting all this effort into it, but I'm missing this one little ingredient. Can you stop and pick that up for me?" He gets halfway to the aisle, sees the movie. <laughs> Fast forward to her getting knocked over and dinner being ruined due to lack of experience. That's the story that happened as far as I'm concerned. I did not knock her over. I, I will say I can tell that she loves me because she didn't say anything out loud when I got home. But she did most certainly give me the look of a full-grown man should not be this excited to own the Princess Bride on Blu-ray. Well, that's, that's a bit ridiculous, though, because of course you should. Yeah, I was gonna say I I already own it. Otherwise, I would uh, completely understand what you're talking about. Man, it's so good, so good. I'm not gonna get into all the details of that one because everyone should have seen it. If you haven't seen it, uh, you're not worth my time to explain it to you. Wow, <laughs> oh, you're so mean to people who have slightly different tastes in movies than you. I don't think that was mean. I'm just not going to explain The Princess Bride to someone who hasn't invested the time <laughs> to watch that movie. Alright. Uh, and then I know I watched other things, but I'm having a hard time remembering oh, Jesus what the hell they were. You need to start writing shit down. You turn, really it, into, do. turn it into Randy. What about you, Doug? What did you watch? Uh, well, I finally got around to seeing the Shape of Water. Yeah? Uh, turns out the local art house theater was still showing it. So I'm like, oh, nice. look at that. Um, loved it, of course. Mm. Um, it's I was surprisingly going into this kind of blind. Like I knew it was about a lady that falls in love with a fish and I'd seen the trailers. I didn't realize how much it was going to be like Creature from the Black Lagoon, H2O. Like, let's just ignore the sequels and do our own version of the sequel. Yeah. Pretty much. And they did a fantastic job of they, he, Guillermo del Toro deserves all the credit, of creating like an atmosphere that really felt like an updated version of a sequel to a universal classic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not, not an updated version of a universal classic, an updated version of a sequel to a universal classic. And those are slightly different things because the sequels were always just a little crazier than the originals and the sequels are always tweaked the rules a little bit and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I was I was really caught off guard by how good it was, even though I knew I enjoyed going in. Um, I loved the like I said, I loved that atmosphere. I loved everything about it. I kind of loved the built-in theme about how all the like weirdos and freaks have to kind of work together in order to get through it in this world, um, which I think is probably something a lot of us horror fans can relate to. Um, yeah, you yeah. can definitely tell he put a lot of himself into that. Yeah, yeah. There was, it did, I mean, it approached pretentious art house crap, and there was one scene, one particular song and dance scene that I thought crossed the line into, into pretentious crap. Um, but it was one scene out of a, an otherwise fantastic movie, mm-hmm. so I'm letting it go and not complaining too much. Yeah, I like the look of this movie. I just absolutely love it. Yeah. And I love Michael Shannon's performance. Oh, he's so slimy. And he plays oh. this like he plays that like kind of fifties villain so mm. well. Yeah. He's, like, he's so good in it. But it's like a modern version of the fifties villain. It's weird because he's 
still use, doing like the weird tough guy stuff like his fingers have been bitten off and he's refusing to like acknowledge that he should probably take some time off work and go get that dealt with <laughs> he's just got them wrapped up and he's pretending everything's fine even though other people are noticing the smell of his dead fingers <laughs> that have been sewn back on and it, stuff like that is just like it's so good and the way he just the way he keeps eating those candies, there's something about the way he does it that I'm like, oh, you shouldn't be eating candies like that. I don't know what it is, but you're sinister because of the way you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah, he's so good in this movie. Yeah. It just makes me want to punch him in the face. Yeah, which is the goal. Exactly. If I ever met him, I'd punch him in the face. I'd be like, come on. <laughs> you basically did your job perfectly from A Shape of Water. Yeah. I liked a lot of the performances in the he, he oh, was yeah. probably the most fun one to watch, but a lot of the like the side characters, like uh, I don't, I can't remember anybody's name from any movie ever, but like the old yeah. artist guy, mm-hmm. he was really good. Um, the weird like, cause okay, so for people who have, maybe haven't seen it, but like their main character is like a cleaning lady, and her she's got like a partner, and her partner was I thought quite funny. Um, mm-hmm. They did a good job with her. The guy that. Again, I guess this is a minor spoiler, but the the Russian double agent that happens to be in this movie because there's a whole subplot about Russia invading U.S. intelligence in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was good. Like I liked his performance a lot because he was really sort of played a, a, the kind of classic character who he was sent in as like a Russian spy, but he was really sort of enjoying his work and became protective of yeah, the Gilman. And I, I kind of liked that. I liked the way his character played it out. Uh, you'll enjoy the fact that that actor is in uh, season three of Fargo. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll get to that discussion. But yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think my favorite thing about The Shape of Water was the ending. Because I believe... Mm-hmm. It's hard to say without spoilers, but I believe what Guillermo del Toro did was create an ending that is really dark and nihilistic in the way that horror fans would enjoy mm-hmm. but he tricked he put in a little trick so I think a lot of people from the mainstream are going to think it's a happy ending yes and so unless you want to throw up a huge spoiler warning and discuss it in detail I can leave it at that But have you seen this yet Noah? have not okay then we won't <laughs> but perhaps later we can discuss it because I, I was literally walking out of the theater and, and I went with my girlfriend who's not you know she's not one of us she's she's just got and she i'm pretty sure she thinks it had a happy ending and i just i didn't even tell her that it doesn't i just let her have it i'm like you know what that's great i'm glad you enjoyed it uh yeah it's fantastic so so i was yeah super happy looking forward to seeing it again and watching those performances again i think it's gonna hold up really well Mm -hmm. so there was that um I also rewatched Last Jedi. Oh, okay. It, it came out on Blu-ray, and so mm-hmm. I got up at seven in the morning and walked to Walmart and bought it. Came home and watched it. <laughs> um, and I will say this: I think it's better on a rewatch than it was the first time. Yeah. I think I, I'll go back to what I said when we originally discussed it, which is that I think what people don't like about it is that it caught you off guard and it did some unexpected things and I think when you when you're not as caught when you're not as like taken aback by the changes and the, the unexpected direction it goes I think you'll enjoy it more 
so specifically Luke's character, I think. Where everybody was expecting an Obi-Wan Kenobi character, they gave us a Yoda character. And I think that that was off-putting to a lot of people, but I think you know, when you actually watch it, knowing what you're going to get, it's a little uh, it's less bothersome. So I kind of went from liking the movie to loving the movie on a rewatch, which is good. Because I was defensive of it when it first came out, and now I'm like super happy. I watched it, and then I left it in my Blu-ray player so that I can watch it again. So still in there. <laughs> well, where it is, J.J. Abrams is going to retcon all of the changes that Rian Johnson made. So I Let's see what happens. I do not want J.J. Abrams back. Okay, for an, yeah. I, and and I'm a I'm a fan of the Force Awakens. I like that movie a lot. Mm-hmm. But first of all, it's Star Wars. I want a different director for each film. Yeah. That to me is each film should have its own unique feel, its own unique direction that it's going in. Number two is I don't want a director coming in and trying to fix what the last director did every time. Like that's I don't want J.J. Abrams going, no, no, you screwed up. I'm going to drag it back to where I want it to be. Like, yeah. that's stupid. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and number three is just we saw what happened the last time a franchise let J.J. Abrams do the sequel to his own reboot. And Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was... Okay, I've said before, without exception, nobody can argue this, especially Noah, Star Trek 09 is the best Star Trek movie. It's fantastically written, fantastically executed. The sequels have not been great because J.J. Abrams is good at doing a specific thing. Let him do his thing. Don't bring him back. For the, don't bring him back for episode nine. I wish he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So Wait, did you say it was the best? Yeah. No. <laughs> I also said you're not allowed to argue. <laughs> if Empire oh. Strikes Back, Empire Strikes Back is always going to be best Star Wars. No. No. What are you oh, you got to start listening when other people talk. I, I, that, never mind. <laughs> he wasn't even talking about Star Wars. <laughs> well, then I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> so just say you're right. You're right, Doug, and then we'll move on. If we were talking about Star Trek, Wrath of Khan is the best Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just going to start yelling out franchises, <laughs> yelling, telling you what his favorite is until he gets it right. <laughs> Last Crusade was uh, the best one. Well, here's the, here's the whole thing. I think J.J. Abrams is a mediocre-ass director, and I don't understand why people like him as much as they do. Eh, I don't mind J.J. Abrams. I, I'm not saying he's bad. Yeah, I'm just saying he's not. He He's not like a fucking Spielbergian-esque character, although oh, I don't people know. treat him like that. Super 8 was pretty Spielbergian. Yeah, I, I think he's good at doing a certain thing, and that certain thing is kind of recapturing the spirit of a franchise. And even Super 8 was basically him kind of recapturing what the old uh, old 80s kind of kid-friendly horror movies were all about. Mm-hmm. Same way Stranger Things has now done it. Um, now the question is, can he do a, a follow-up to a movie? And that's where I don't have a lot of faith in him. 
Mm. We'll see. He's probably doing better than I would if I was in that situation. So. Yeah. But yeah, what really bugs me is this idea that he's going to go in and try to undo the stuff that Ryan Johnson did. And it, that don't, right? Yeah, I agree. It's one of the things I loved about Last Jedi, which I think we talked about. We did a whole episode on it. Yeah. But just that they decided to do something different with it rather yeah. than just the same old cookie cutter but when story. You, yeah, when you go back to the original trilogy, that's what it was. Each of those films is its own thing, even though there is a storyline that flows throughout them and characters that flow throughout them. At the end of the day, each movie can kind of has its own vision of what it wants to be. Mm-hmm. And I don't like the idea that we're going to we're going to lose that. So We'll see what happens. I remain hopeful. I mean, it's got to be better than uh, Solo. Probably will be. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Solo's going to catch us all off guard, though, and be better than we expect. Trust me, I, I welcome that. I, I, just I have hope no, so. I just have no uh, hopes for it. And the only, To me, the good thing that's going to come out of Solo is they're going to stop trying to recast characters. Mm. that's the other thing with Star Wars Episode 9 is there's talk of them recasting Princess Leia don't fucking do it there's the way you handle this is that you the opening crawl explains to us that Princess Leia has died you can have a funeral scene if you want to open the film or something like that but do not put another actress in that role do not recreate her with CGI it's not okay it's not okay to do those things. Yeah, I agree. And I, I'm nervous that they're going to do something stupid. We'll see. Again, like I, I, I'm like so nervous about all these upcoming Star Wars things. So far, they're three for three in new Star Wars movies since Disney took over. Um, I've loved all three of the movies, like, like Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Rogue One are all really, really good movies. So I don't know why I'm so nervous about what's coming up, but and like when your favorite sports team is on like a winning streak and you're like scared at every game that this is going to be the one where they lose and then they'll never win again. That's sort of how I feel worrying about Star Wars. What is the sports you talk of? It's a it's a thing. Google right. it later. Right. right after buttholes apparently like yeah. Noah did. Yeah, you Google. Google sports and buttholes and see what comes up. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, It'll probably be a picture of Gary Bettman. That's my theory. Is that the weightlifter? No, it's a commissioner oh. of the National Hockey League. Oh, okay. You were being funny. I thought I was being serious. <laughs> I was just doing a joke there that was strictly for my humor. Nobody else is going to get it. <laughs> no, there's that famous picture of the weightlifter whose sphincter exploded when he was trying to do the deadlift or whatever. I'm unfamiliar with that, and I do not intend to look it up. Basically, yeah. his entire rectum flipped inside out. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I wish I didn't know that that was possible. <laughs> now I'm going to worry about that every time I want to pick up something heavy. Oh, trust me. I think about it. I think about it. Every time Every time you're straining, taking a deuce, <laughs> just pull back just a little. Every time somebody at work is like, can you hand me that? And be like, fuck no. Nope. I know what happens when you lift things. <laughs> Your bowel explodes. And then Doug is in HR trying to explain what he meant. <laughs> Let me Google it. I'll show you. No. No, you cannot. 
Uh, what else you got? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, I finally finished off Fargo season two, which yeah. I talked about for a while. Uh, I did not anticipate the aliens coming. <laughs> That's I, such a weird thing, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. So for people who haven't seen it, that's not really a spoiler. No. Um, in the final episodes, an alien flying saucer shows up for no reason and then just leaves and has virtually no impact on the story. <laughs> and then in, at the very end, very end, when they're like, "How are we going to write this up?" and they're just like, "Let's just leave that out of the police reports because <laughs> I don't know how to put." <laughs> um. But yeah, it was it was really good. I've, I mean, I've talked about it enough that I don't need to get into details. But yeah. season two, the finale is very violent, and that's fun to watch. <laughs> Lots of people die, which is always good. You know, especially when you're in a Cohen's brother type territory. So, yeah, yeah. that's good. Uh, I am gonna wait a while before I watch season three because. Yeah. A, it's not immediately available through Netflix, so I'd have to push like extra buttons to find it. Mm-hmm. Um, and your internet provider would yell at you. Well, I'm sure there's probably a way I could watch it through some on-demand service or something, but I just wait until Netflix tells me. Like, yeah. now, now that I've watched two seasons, I'll get an email when the third one shows up. It'll Fair enough. <laughs> and the other reason that I am putting it off is because Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 2 just came to Netflix. Oh, there you go. I'm about three episodes into that. Uh, I don't know. It's awesome. I don't don't know what to say. It's like I keep thinking that that show should get old. Like, it's essentially Evil Dead 2, the series. So, you'd think as a fan of Evil Dead 2, you'd want to watch it, but then you would think when they try to stretch that into a series, that you would somehow lose interest. But... No, not the least. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm like, actually two episodes behind on season three right now. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, the second episode of Ash vs. Evil Dead season two, you get literally Ash with his chainsaw cutting into a series of dead bodies because he's looking for the ne- Necronomicon that's in one of them. Mm-hmm. And then when he finally gets to the body that has it, he pulls the sheet back, and there's just like the shape of a book sticking out of the stomach and he's like oh should check before I cut into all those other ones and he's just dripping with blood at the time <laughs> you're just like uh, that's awesome and it's just I mean it, it really is heavily dependent on Bruce Campbell still being Bruce Campbell but luckily he is um, so it's it's awesome I'll watch the rest of it was that also not the butt uh, episode that is the butt episode yeah okay yeah <laughs> Just left me going, what the fuck? Whatever. The best part of that is like after his head stuck up that butt for a while. <laughs> he's later driving around in his car and there's still like shit on him from when his head went up the butt and came back <laughs> up the butt. <laughs> oh, I should have said spoiler alert before I said his head eh. went up the butt, I guess. <laughs> Maybe people won't see that coming. Yeah, they don't know the context. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a little bummed, which may be why I haven't caught up with the last two episodes yet. Because it sounds like it's the ratings-wise, they're not doing very well. Which normally isn't a big deal on, like, premium cable. But, I don't know. So it makes me worried they're not going to do a season four. 
And yeah. then Bruce Campbell has said basically if they don't do a season four, he's probably done playing Ash like forever. No. Yeah. But he, I wonder how much of him saying that is him trying to convince the fans to start watching it. I don't know. Yeah, hopefully it works then. Yeah, I hope so too. Like, I don't even know how to watch it other than through Netflix. Um, like, which obviously doesn't help get a season four made. Um, but yeah, I'm assuming you guys don't have stars up there. I don't think so. At least I don't get it. Yeah. And I don't know how to order it. So. Stupid Canada. I would assume that if we. If, if it's really true that we don't get stars at all, that means some Canadian network picks up this show. Yeah. But I don't know which one would show this. Like, I don't, I don't even know where to look. And now I'm, like, I'm behind anyway, so. Mm. But, yeah. Uh, so, anyways, in a similar vein, uh, Santa Clarita Diet is back with season two on Netflix. Yeah. And I've been watching that. It's exactly like the first season was. It's really fun to watch. Do you guys, have you guys watched it? Or? Uh, I have not. I've been wanting to watch. I haven't even watched the first season. Yeah. I wanted to watch it, and I came home, and Amanda was in the middle of the first episode. And I was like, what are you doing? I, I wanted to watch this, too. And she's like, okay, I'll stop. And then, like, a year and a half later, we still haven't started it. <laughs> well, I, I recommend it. I think you'll enjoy it. It's it's essentially a half an hour sitcom about a mom who turns undead and has to eat mm. people. Yeah. By the time uh, we get into season two, minor spoiler alert, they are carrying around Nathan Fillion's severed head while it's still talking to them. <laughs> <laughs> if that doesn't sell it to you, I don't know what will. Uh, the funny thing is uh, Timothy Oliphant and Drew Barrymore were on the Joel McHale show with Joel McHale. Yes, that and, is correct. Uh, and uh, they did this little thing where they were both going to co-host with Joel, and Drew was going to be, you know, the uh, how do they put it? Like the introspective, like see it from a, a person's from the you know a good person's perspective or whatever. And then Tim of the Old just says, "And I will make punchlines based on my former TV and movie work." <laughs> That's pretty funny. And so they say something. I don't. I don't even remember what the uh, what the joke was. And someone's like, "I don't know, Tim." And then Tim turns to the camera and he's like, "I don't know. I think it was justified." <laughs> it was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, then they showed what was that naked and afraid, where the dude had like fucking lice in his. I don't know. He had something going on that was essentially giving him a rash in the entire lower part of his body. So they showed him pulling on his nutsack. It was blurred out. And then Timothy Oliphant's like, man, I hope he doesn't get a case of Deadwood. <laughs> and then he's like, hold on, I got another one. Man, if that happened to me, that would make me. And he turns, Scream 2. <laughs> Scream 2 one was my favorite. To which then, yeah, Drew Barrymore's like, I, oh, that's right, I was at the first Scream, and then they high five together. At some point, though, they turn to Joel McHale and go, which big blockbuster movie were you in? <laughs> and he's like, all right, get out of here, and pushes them off stage. Yeah, yeah, that was a very funny uh, interaction. And actually, Joel McHale shows up on the other show as well. 
Nice. So yeah, so in the movie in the in Santa Clarita Diet, the the couple is like a, they're real estate partners as well as being married, and Joel McHale plays like their chief competition. So yet these great scenes of her being like, if I just ate him, we could get so many more sales and stuff. And the interaction between all the characters is just fantastic. So nice. Joel McHale shows up in one of mine later that also is a Netflix original. All right. He's just going all in on Netflix. Yeah. I think um, that's Netflix is starting to do that where they're signing all around deals with some of these people and being like, mm-hmm. okay, we'll give you your own show, but you got to have, you got to make some little guest appearances in these other shows as well, which is not uncommon for networks to do. It's just yeah. kind of new to the Netflix model. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Joel McHale is a carry. Like, I'll show up and whatever you want. You just pay me. Yeah. I don't think I don't think that guy's like I'm sure he's not doing poorly in life, but I don't think he's <laughs> turned down paycheck money kind of rich, so Exactly. Right. Yeah, so that's that's kinda all I got to watch this week. Um, it's usually a lot it's a lot more than you usually get. You're on yeah. Baby. yeah, we shipped the kid off for a night and I got that's when I went and saw Shape of Water and then got up the next morning and watched Last, Last Jedi. So it's like, oh, he's gone for like 12 hours? Good. I can watch all the movies. In. I can sleep for eight hours and still watch two movies? Perfect. Nice. Um, all right. Well, let's see. I watched Ready Player One. Okay. Uh, either one of you interested in seeing this? Uh, yeah. I, I'm a little nervous, but got good reviews. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I had a good time. Um, I read the book. I really enjoyed the book. Uh, the movie is kind of its own thing, even though it's essentially the same story. But obviously they had to change some stuff, either due to licensing and or just to make it more cinematic. Because honestly, some of the challenges in the book were just somebody playing an arcade game. And so that's, you know not super visual. Uh, but I didn't mind it. I thought it was good. Of course, they had to condense a bunch of stuff down to make it into a you know two-hour movie. And I was, I was all right with it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just had a good time. I enjoyed it. I think I was explaining to Amanda before we went and saw it that I think Steven Spielberg was like the best choice to direct this movie. Because um, obviously it's tying into that sort of 80s nostalgia. And then on top of that, I explained to her how it's like almost like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit scenario where you have to go because there's a bunch of shit in this movie that is not owned by Warner Brothers that they were able to get. So I'm sure Spielberg was the one who went around and was like, but come on, I'm Steven Spielberg. And they're like, oh, you're right. Okay. We'll yeah, license that thing really cheap. That sounds correct. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's awesome. Had a great time. Uh, there's a scene involving the movie The Shining in this, which is probably what everybody has been talking about. Um, absolutely loved it. When you guys see it, we can discuss that more. But um, yeah, recommend for me. I liked it. That's good. Just I don't, don't know go. How excited on. I am to see it. So yeah, I mean it ties into that into the nostalgia thing, which I'm perfectly fine with. Some people are like, oh, it's just nostalgia bullshit, and they get like, just dismiss it. I'm like, yeah, but 
I kind of like that stuff, so I don't care. Yeah, I, I find a lot often how people are dismissive of movies. And you're like, well, that's what it was made for. Yeah. So if you don't like that, don't watch it. But mm-hmm. it's not going to stop me from enjoying it. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it. So I'll recommend for everybody. Uh, let's see, I watched a movie called The Night Visitor, which is a Swedish. Swedish or Scandinavian? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Max von Sydow's in it. He plays a guy who's been uh, sent away to a prison uh, because he was uh, arrested for killing like a farmhand. And uh, he didn't do it. But his sister and her husband were able to make it look like he did. And so it turns out he is able to escape from this unescapable jail or prison. And so he will escape every couple days and he goes to take revenge on the people who essentially got him locked up in prison. Um, so he visits his sister and her husband and the judge and like all this stuff. And starts uh, picking them off one by one. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It's from like 1974. I want to say 71. I was wrong. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you if you want to see Max von Sydow escape from a prison multiple times and then murder people who have it coming, uh, this movie is for you. Sounds pretty awesome. That's it's a great tagline for a film. <laughs> if you want to see Max von Sydow escape from a prison and kill people? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's really good. I mean, it's it's a little slow in some parts, but like you see like the there's an entire scene that shows you how he escapes from prison. Cuz the very opening of the movie is him just crawling along a cliff. You don't really see anything. And you get one super long shot of watching him escape from this prison that is supposed to be unescapable. And it's pretty awesome. Like, just the way he does it. So, definitely worth a watch. I really enjoyed it. I picked it up on Blu-ray. This was like a blind buy, like, forever ago. I just thought it sounded kind of cool. And so I picked it up cheap. And finally, I was like, I want to sit down and watch this. And greatly enjoyed it. first, I didn't know. I thought it might be too slow. But it picks up. And definitely worth it. That actually sounds really interesting. Yeah. Um, then I watched the Netflix original movie, Game Over Man. Yeah. What was that sound? That's that's what I watched. Okay. <laughs> All right. You're horrible. Um, so it's essentially what would happen if the three of us were working at a hotel, a fancy hotel. And then it got taken over by terrorists. And we decided we wanted to be like diehard and try to stop them. All right. And that's essentially what this movie's about. So would we be successful? <laughs> yes, but not in the way you would think. It's basically workaholics set in diehard with horror movie kills. Yes. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, so it's got that Adam Devine guy who's like in everything right now. Yeah. Um, 
it's him, and then the other two guys are from Workaholics, which I've never watched, but apparently it's hilarious. Well, they're all three Workaholics. Oh, is he in it too? Okay, like I said, I've never watched it. Yeah, and they're they're like a cleaning crew. So essentially they're maids. They get called maids the entire time, and he corrects them with the correct term, but I don't remember what it is. Like custodians or something, some bullshit. Well, don't they keep calling them waiters? Well, there is that because the the boss, played by Daniel Stern, uh, makes them work because this. What was the guy's title? Uh, Was he like a sultan or something? I don't know. I can't remember. Some guy from the Middle East who has a grand title, but who shows up and just acts like an American douchebag the entire time. Well, he's basically supposed to be one of those people who are YouTube stars, but he's just a YouTube star because he's super rich, so he can basically do whatever he wants and force people to do things for money. Yeah. So he's coming to throw this party at this hotel. Like, they're essentially renting out, like, the entire hotel for it. And so he enlists these guys to work as waiters. They're all pissed off about it. Um... Then there's like some stress in their friendship because they're trying to come up with this, essentially this full body suit like video game thing called Skin Tendo. <laughs> uh, and then it turns out two of them are working on it together on the side and not involving Adam Devine at all. Uh, so they of course have this friendship breakup. But meanwhile, yeah, these terrorists are taking over trying to uh, to get the the YouTube guy to give them like a shit ton of money, like $500 million or something. Uh, so it's them just doing stupid diehardy type shit that somehow ends up working out, but not really. Uh, really funny. It takes place in LA, so a lot of the people at the party are celebrities who play, are playing themselves. Uh, <laughs> fucking Steve-O's there from Jackass. <laughs> All right. And someone pulls a gun, say they're going to kill him. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. He's like, come on. I know this is a prank. Knoxville, where are you at? And then, you know, he gets shot in the head. Uh, But, like, Joel Joel McHale shows up as himself at some point. Uh, Some girl that I don't remember her name but looks familiar. I'm just like, oh, yeah, she's in stuff I've seen. She plays herself. The best friend from Scrubs. Oh, yeah. Donald Faison. Yeah, he plays himself in it. So, yeah, it's just, it, it cuts back and forth between all of these people being held in this uh, this outdoor party deck and then these three guys trying to figure out how they're going to stop the terrorists and coming up with these plans that end up falling apart, but then try to do something else that seemingly somewhat works, but yeah. It's completely just idiotic. It's it's just candy. <laughs> it's not good for you whatsoever, but I sat and laughed the entire time, so Yeah. Well that's what, better than what? I expected to hear from that movie when I saw the previous one. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. It's it's about I I would say it's about third really funny, about a third you just sitting there going, What the fuck? And then about a third of going, okay, this is fucking stupid. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. But for, like, again, for, like, the direct-to-streaming type movies, it's about as good a quality as you want. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like I enjoyed it. It was something I'm just like, Amanda wanted to watch a movie. I'm like, let's watch this comedy. I thought the trailer looked okay. And so we watched it, and yeah, it was the most ridiculous thing ever. Which was fine, because that's exactly what I was in the mood for. You think, you think I got where I am today, laid as much pipe that I've laid, and I got away without licking a single dude's booty hole? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah. So, worth a watch if you're just, if you're just wanting something funny to watch that is not going to change your life or anything. Um, and then we just started season three of Fargo because I gotta catch up with Doug. Doug was speeding through everything. Yeah, and then and then I'm like, you posted something somewhere that said you were trying to catch up to me on Fargo, and I'm like, oh, he's lapped me. He's way ahead. <laughs> we're only three episodes in, and it seems like a lot more, but I don't know. It's a dense uh, show. I assume that it season is a dense three show, is yeah. also the same way. Yeah, uh, Ewan McGregor's in it, and he plays twins, a la Adaptation with Nick Cage, sort of, where uh, one of them's, like, super, like, wealthy and, uh, uh, I don't know, like, respected or whatever, and the other one's, like, a bail bondsman who is, like, fucking broke and stuff, and they're arguing with over who should have got what during some inheritance or something, and... So one schemes to uh, steal from, or the poor one schemes to steal from the rich one, and then something goes awry, and somebody uh, not involved with the situation at all gets killed. And now our uh, female cop, played by uh, Carrie Coon from the Leftover series, is trying to figure it out. And since since it literally is just was just a giant mistake, she thinks there's like much more meaning behind it than there actually was. So. It's just interesting, like watching her trying to investigate this, and I'm, and, and you're just like, wow, there was, that's literally not even close to anything at all. But of course, I'm assuming she's going to uncover something way bigger, like as she's investigating it and stuff. So yeah, I mean, it's just pretty much the same, same quality as the first two seasons. Just lots going on, lots to enjoy, lots of. Weird, because like there's the third episode is just a uh, sort of doesn't even um, doesn't really tie into the main story. Like she goes to L.A. to investigate something somewhat involved with the case, and most of the episode is is just a flashback to the seventies, and so it's just kind of fun to go from like you know Minnesota, like fucking snow her investigating this stuff then she goes to LA to try to look up something and then you just get a flashback of 70s LA of this guy trying to be a screenwriter and some crazy stuff and yeah it's good enjoying it so far excited to see where it goes um enjoying Ewan McGregor's performance it's 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 so weird because he even looks like so different Really? Like, like one one of them has like a full head of hair and is clean shaven, and then the other one is like has like a Hulk Hogan uh, skullet going on, nice with a mustache, and so it's just interesting to watch him act against himself when they look so crazily different. So excited to see where it goes. Yeah, I, 
Yeah, I gotta get around to that. Now you have me thinking I should be watching that. <laughs> get through Ash vs. Evil Dead. They're half an hour, so it's easier to get through. Yeah. I, I actually, for some reason, I remember that show being an hour, and I thought, I don't have time for an hour-long show, and then when I saw it was half an hour, that's like, well, I'm done. Yeah, I'm watching that now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright, anybody else have anything else before we wrap up? Nope. Uh, you know what? I'll just mention to our listeners that uh, we started an Instagram feed for oh, the yeah. podcast, so you can look it up at the Midnight Drive-In. Not Midnight Drive-In, the Midnight Drive-In. Those are two mm-hmm. different things. And uh, yeah, if people want to follow it on there, it'll just be one more way they can communicate with the show. Or Lots know. of pictures of Doug uh, watching movies. Not pictures of me watching movies. It's stills from the movies that i'm watching it's totally different oh, yeah and that's what i meant but now i think it should be pictures of you watching be, movies you should have your in my chair you should have your girlfriend taking pictures of you with the tv just every now and again there's one you catch me with i got the phone in my hand because it's a slow down <laughs> <in> the movie <laughs> so well, anyways yeah like i say one more way for uh people to follow the show i know basically i had a lot of people that i, I know were listeners and sort of following my personal Instagram feed and I'm like they're gonna get bored of pictures of my kids soon so I'll do something a little bit more related to the podcast and you know I know there's a lot of people who are not happy with Facebook right now won't get into that discussion but well technically they own Instagram too so oh that's a good point I don't know whatever the average person doesn't know that so (laughs) (laughs) so you know anyways if people want to follow it they can currently there's like 11 followers uh so if it stays at 11 i'll probably just get rid of it soon but <laughs> i'm assuming it'll go up gradually it's only been on there for a little while nice yeah everybody should watch watch doug watching movies yeah just if you just want to see apparently the new plan is just a shitload of pictures of me in my chair i don't know if you guys are going to join and start putting pictures of you guys on your couches and stuff it's oh i'll do that that'd be great <laughs> all right well <laughs> I'll uh, private message you the login information so you can do that. Uh, watch Noah watching a billion episodes of Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. All right. Well, for next week, we decided to go back and do some more action movies. And I can't think of two bigger action stars of the 80s than Schwarzenegger and Stallone. Um, so we're essentially going to be facing off Stallone and Schwarzenegger with uh, Schwarzenegger's Commando and then Stallone's Cobra oh yeah yeah Noah's even throwing down some money to uh, acquire these on Blu-ray just for this episode needed it (laughs) yeah it's actually like not a terrible idea yeah you know, spoiler alert, we'll probably recommend both these movies. Although I haven't seen I haven't seen Cobra in so long, I can't comment on whether it's gonna hold up. Well, I've actually never seen Cobra before, so this will be interesting. Random podcast trivia. I do believe this was the first movie pairing we actually decided on and we're just now getting to it. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, I actually think this the discussion of doing these particular movies goes back as far as the day that Scott said he was leaving and Brian and I were like well are we gonna 
are we going to keep up the show or and you were like well if we expand our you know repertoire we can look at movies like commando and cobra and i'm like oh yeah well well now we have to keep it going yeah. we're going to at least keep it going until that show gets recorded after that we'll see uh, yeah so i've never seen cobra i was always for some reason outside of like the rocky and rambo movies i was not a big stallone action movie guy and even really outside of the first rambo movie i was never a huge rambo fan so uh, i've seen way more of uh schwarzenegger's action movies it kind of surprises me that if you're a schwarzenegger fan that the first rambo would be the one you stopped at because the other ones are more i don't know yeah i don't know more, 80s more. totally they're more in line with yeah what schwarzenegger was doing at the time but yeah i don't know we'll see yeah so i've never seen uh cobra before so it ought to be interesting um i don't know do you think we'll see do you, th- <laughs> do you think we'll see uh stallone just yelling random shit like he likes to do in some of those movies yes i hope so i say you guys have seen it you can tell me <laughs> i guess it's just <laughs> I have very little memory of it, to be honest. Mm. Like it's, it's been a long time. So whereas Commando, yeah, I've seen Commando a lot. Nice I haven't stuff. seen it. In a, I've seen it a lot, but I haven't seen it in a long time. So I'm really excited to go back and give it another watch. I I, I don't need to rewatch Commando. To do <laughs> next week. I will, but <laughs> I don't need to. No excuse to, but I'm going to. Yeah, for some reason I got into the weird like Stallone movies like Lockup and stuff when I was younger. Yeah. But not Cobra for some reason. I remember Lockup. I remember like that was probably the movie that turned me against like prisons where I'm like, prisoners can be the good guys. It just made so much sense <laughs> to me. <laughs> That's the one. Meanwhile, it's like, yeah, like for some reason that like really hit home. It's just because I'm like, I can't believe they locked up Ram. And oh, they do the, such a thing. You know, in the second Rambo movie, he's in jail as it begins. <laughs> uh, fucking Stallone. Wasn't they going to make another Expendables movie? I'm sure there's one coming. I think there is. I know that. So Jean-Claude Van Damme actually came up with like a genius idea for him to come back for the Expendables. Oh, really? Uh, it was four. There is one in the works. Nothing is known about it, though. Um, I don't know. The last thing I remember is they had announced they were going to do a movie called The Expendables, and it was just going to be women from action movies. Yeah. And half the people got really excited, and half the people went, uh, no. <laughs> Yeah, so of course Jean Jean Claude Van Damme was in the second one. Yes. Um forever since I've seen him. Uh his character was what, Jean Villon, which said in English is just Jean Villain. Um so he came up with the idea that he should come back as his character's twin brother 
and his name would be Claude Villon. Yeah. Which I would totally be down for. That's actually pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for a series like this, it's like, well, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to see that in a more serious dramatic film, but it's kind of a non-issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, for this series, that's like perfect. I haven't even seen Expendables 3, though, so I heard it's I, not as good. I haven't either. Just as long as they don't bring Chuck Norris back. I was so disappointed with Chuck Norris in the second one. Oh, really? His Chuck Norris joke was funny. I guess. He made, made the Chuck Norris joke about himself. but Harrison Ford was in the third one? Apparently, yeah. As was Mel Gibson? I believe, like... Bruce Willis is not in it. I think they like brought in Harrison Ford after Bruce Willis dropped oh, out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, because didn't him and Stallone have some big old Twitter beef afterwards? Yeah, because he Stallone said he was greedy and lazy. Leave us the phrase. Yeah, unfortunately, that sounds that actually sounds right. Oh, Ronda Rousey was in it too. Shit, now I'm gonna have to watch The Expendables three. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.